You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 141. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, you'll learn about the Urban Indian Health Institute in Seattle, Washington, which is just one of 12 partner tribal epidemiology centers funded by the Indian Health Services Division of Epidemiology and Disease Prevention to assist in improving the health of American Indians and Alaska Natives throughout the United States. This episode is part of a special sponsored series of episodes. You'll learn about the tribal epidemiology centers through my interviews with public health professionals working with the communities at each of the centers. Links to the centers can be found on the show notes page for this episode, and I will tell you how to locate all that information after the interviews. Let me tell you more about the Tribal Epidemiology Centers and then introduce my guests. Tribal Epidemiology Centers are Indian Health Services division-funded organizations who serve American Indian Alaska Native tribal and urban communities by managing public health information systems, investigating diseases of concern, managing disease prevention and control programs, responding to public health emergencies, and coordinating these activities with other public health authorities. Tribal epidemiology centers provide various types of support and services due to the variation of the center's organization structure, divisions, tribal populations, and their missions and goals. There are currently 12 tribal epidemiology centers in the United States. Each month, one of the tribal centers will be featured here on the podcast. The purpose is to raise awareness throughout the public health community of the amazing and important public health work that's being done at each of the centers. In this episode, we will feature Urban Indian Health Institute in Seattle, Washington. Now, a little bit more about the Urban Indian Health Institute specifically. It is leading the way in research and data for urban American Indian and Alaska Native communities. As a public health authority and one of 12 tribal epidemiology centers in the country, the only one that serves urban Indian health programs nationwide, It conducts research and evaluation, collects and analyzes data, and provides disease surveillance to strengthen the health of American Indian and Alaska Native communities. Their mission is to decolonize data for Indigenous people by Indigenous people. The Urban Indian Health Institute recognizes research, data, and evaluation as indigenous values. And by doing so, they are able to produce the best and most accurate data to strengthen the health of Native people. I'd like to tell you about my first guest on this episode, who is Wyatt Pickner. Now, Wyatt, also known as Hungpati Dakota, was born and raised in South Dakota. Since 2012, Wyatt has worked with Indigenous communities on public health research projects related to cancer, 
emergency department use and care, mental health and police violence, as well as helping to build research infrastructure and capacity. Currently, Wyatt is a program manager at the Urban Indian Health Institute in Seattle, Washington, where he oversees multiple national level projects, including surveys to assess the health and well-being of American Indian Alaska Native communities and an urban Indian census campaign. Wyatt joins me to share his journey into public health and more about his work at the Urban Indian Health Institute. Let's connect that interview with Wyatt now. All right. Well, today I'm excited to introduce all of you to my special guest, Wyatt Pinkner. Wyatt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really happy to have you here. Um, If you would briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am Hunksati Dakota, originally from South Dakota, but currently living and working in Seattle, Washington at the Urban Indian Health Institute as a program manager. Perfect. So when did you first become interested in public health as a career? Uh, It's kind of an interesting story of when I became introduced into public health and then decided, you know, this was the career path for me. So during undergrad, I was actually in a clinical medical um, program and I started to participate in a couple different internship programs. And these were mostly research oriented. But during those experiences, we were introduced to the field of public health and uh, some of what those different areas and topics were. So there were a lot of components about epidemiology, policy, evaluation, community engagement, and outreach. And I started to recognize how some of that work fell in line with more of the cultural values that I had and how I wanted to work with the community and really honoring and valuing the Indigenous knowledge and systems that were in place there and how to use that as a way to implement public health practices because, I mean, ultimately that information is something that Native communities have been implementing for generations. And so it's, you know, how do we take some of that knowledge and also pull on the strengths of Western research um, to implement these programs. And so as I continued to explore that in undergrad, I really started to kind of find my way and figured out that this is what I wanted to do in the long run. That's great. Thank you for sharing that too. I think it adds an extra special layer when you have a personal connection with your work. Mm -hmm. It can drive you through your education process and, and well into your career. So, so Describe to me more about the work that you are currently doing. Yeah, so right now I am a program manager at UIHI and kind of an interesting role because there's a lot of different support that I provide to some of the other program managers here, but a lot of what my kind of primary projects or work is centered around right now is the development and implementation of some national surveys that look at assessing the health status of specifically urban American Indian and Alaska Native populations, similar to the CDC's BRFIS survey. And uh, so a lot of the work I'm doing is to adapt and modify a survey that's relevant and appropriate for urban American Indian and Alaska Native communities. I'm also working on 
managing and the development design of an urban Indian census campaign um, titled We Count. Hmm. So are these the surveys, are you starting with, are you literally starting from scratch? Are these used from maybe some other source previously validate your uh, maybe revising them for the population or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. So we definitely want to use and pull on the strengths of the surveys that are out there and exist. So we're looking at, you know, the the modules that the CDC puts out and then also looking at state added questions to see that where we can kind of align some of our data collection and the data that we collect with Uh, the state and nationally so that we can compare some of that information. But there's a lot of ways in which those instruments don't necessarily collect information accurately or appropriately from Native communities. And so some of what we've done is to adapt those surveys to meet the needs of our communities. And I'm just curious, now that I'm starting to learn more about the different tech centers, because I know that each center really represents a different population. So what you're providing, what you're creating, is it specific to your center in Washington or is it used by the other tech centers around the country? So UIHI is one of the 12 tribal epidemiology centers in the country. Um, And while we are located in Washington state and Seattle, we actually serve the urban Indian health programs across the country. And so um, the development of the surveys really incorporate feedback from urban Indian health programs from across the country. So we work with those different programs who have the capacity to provide us feedback and insight into their, uh, you know, interests and needs for their specific population and tailor the survey to kind of address those. So when we first started developing the survey, we held an event and got some feedback from urban programs on, you know, what they're interested in seeing. And that helps kind of guide where we need to improve some of the topics that, you know, the CDC's purpose or the state questions weren't really getting at. And so we were able to kind of build and expand in that way, but really trying to look at a national level urban population and not just specifically in Seattle or Washington. That's great. I really enjoy learning about the different tech centers. This has really been a very exciting part of what I do. I love hearing everyone's journey, but I especially love uh, being able to interview the different members from the different centers. So thank you for sharing so much with me. I want to shift a little bit into the audience that I have. There are a lot of students that listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. and a lot of career professionals, you know, and all in between. So graduates maybe who have completed their degree in public health and are trying to get into the field of public health and students who are just learning about public health. But I'd like for you to, if you would, share some advice, some career advice or tips that could that students or graduates or anyone listening could use if they're interested in careers in public health. Do you have some tips that you can share? Absolutely. I think for me, what was really helpful as I continued through um, my, you know, experience of or various experiences in public health, the one question that I always went back to was, why do I want to do this work? And, you know, where does that interest and passion come from? And so I would say definitely find out what that, um, that desire, what is your interest in public health? Where does that stem from? What about it really excites and inspires you? Is there a personal connection that you have to the work? Because for me, that's really what, you know, kind of helped keep me pushing 
forward in this career and this kind of educational path and really making sure that like the values and interests that I had were consistent or that they were still matching up with what I wanted to do in the end. And so it was really nice to be able to circle back to that anytime I was having issues. I would also say to seek out as much experience as you can. The field of public health is so extensive and there's just a lot of different opportunities and jobs that can be considered public health. And I mean, it's taken me, you know, eight years to really get this refined, even, you know, in thinking about working with Native populations in public health, there's a lot of different avenues um, in which you could take that. And so, yeah, it's taken me eight years to kind of, you know, figure out that this is exactly, you know, what I want to be doing and how I want to be doing it and having the right tools and methods to do that. And really helped me to also identify what I wasn't as passionate about. And so I think that's just as important because uh, some of the jobs, you know, just aren't right and that's okay too. And lastly, I would also say to, you know, find a good mentor, but also be a mentor. And so I've recognized that a lot of my experience and my journey, I've learned so much from other people and really been lucky enough to have some great mentors who taught me some good, you know, skills and gave me some great advice along the way uh, in helping me navigate my education and career. And at the same time, I also recognize that it's important to give back to, you know, the field of public health and Native communities. That's part of, you know, one of the cultural values that we have is to, you know, give back just as much as you perceived. And so I recognize how important it is to share my experience with other people, hoping that it'll provide some guidance. That's great advice. I I really agree with you. And I a lot of that is it resonates with me because I'm very big on, you know, really encouraging people to find or start with what they're passionate about, what they're already really naturally drawn to in public health. And like you said, be flexible and explore uh, various opportunities because it takes a while for you to really refine and figure out, you know, to find your spot, you know, mm-hmm. in your niche, I guess. And um, yeah, great advice about mentoring. I love that, you know, give and receive. So find a good mentor and also being a mentor. It's all great advice. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for taking the time and meeting with me and sharing your insights and tips and information for our audience. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity to participate in this. And again, I just, this is part of that, you know, giving back and hoping to provide some inspiration to some other public health students and get them involved in the field of public health. Now I'd like to tell you more about my next guest on this episode, who will share her work and perspective as well. Chrisandra Wilkie is an enrolled member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians and is also from the Klamath Tribes. She is an epidemiologist with the Urban Indian Health Institute. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Cell Biology from the University of Kansas Chrisandra went on to graduate with a Master of Public Health with a focus in epidemiology from the University of Kansas Medical Center. She has worked with indigenous communities since 2014 on projects relating to cancer, health literacy, and tobacco cessation. At the Urban Indian Health Institute, her focus includes the creation of community health profiles specific to the urban Native communities that they serve, as well as work on the opioid overdose response supplement. Chrisandra joins me to share her journey into public health 
and more about her work at the Urban Indian Health Institute. Let's connect that interview with Chrisandra now. All right. Well, today I'm excited to introduce all of you to my special guest, Chrisandra Wilkie. So Chrisandra, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to just take a moment to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, yeah, so as you said, I'm Cassandra Wilkie. I am an enrolled member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians. I'm also Klamath on my mom's side, and I grew up in Salem, Oregon, the capital of Oregon, and I got my bachelor's from the University of Kansas and my uh, master's from the University of Kansas Medical Center in Public Health with a focus in epidemiology. And currently, I'm an epidemiologist at the Urban Indian Health Institute, a division of the Seattle Indian Health Board. Awesome. That sounds great. So I'd, I'd really love to dig in a little bit because I'd like to kind of just explore your journey into public health. So do you remember the, the point where you first became interested in public health as a, an actual career? Yeah. So I am a first-generation college student. And so it's always been a little bit difficult to um, navigate through the university systems and figure out kind of what I should be doing um, and even how to go about finding something of interest or what I should be focused on. So I think I was at the end of my undergrad. I was about to graduate with my bachelor's degree and I was looking to apply to different grad schools. And as I said, I studied biology. So I was looking at immunology, virology, and I kind of by chance came across a pamphlet that was about the University of Kansas Medical Center's public health program, a pamphlet in particular about epidemiology, which I wasn't sure what either of those things were. And it wasn't until my first day in class, my kind of intro to public health class, they shared like a video with us describing what public health is. And it kind of just clicked that I knew I was in the right place. I love that. That happens. It's a common type of a story. I think a lot of us, you know, like you said, kind of stumble into it. But, you know, it's almost I remember having a similar feeling once I understood the impact of population health. I was like, ah, this is where I belong. This is it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Uh, So can you describe to us the work that you're currently doing now? Yeah. So. At the Urban Indian Health Institute, we focus on urban native populations across the United States. So those are, you know, tribal people that are living in a metropolitan, micropolitan area. And we work with the, specifically the the orgs that serve these native populations. One of my jobs here at the Urban Indian Health Institute is to create community health profiles or like community health reports based on um, the service areas of these native-serving orgs. So I look at mortality data, data related to maternal and child health, and uh, sociodemographics. So that's one of my main tasks. The other project that I focus on is our opioid supplement project, which is really focused on this idea of reducing opioid overdoses, both fatal and non-fatal. How are you finding the opioid crisis impacting your community compared to maybe what we see broadly across the United States? So I'm kind of new to this project, so I don't really feel comfortable speaking to that at this point. 
my focus so far has been in talking to the um, two urban health programs in Washington State, so the Seattle Lane Health Board in Seattle and the Native Project in Spokane, and kind of figuring out what their surveillance regarding opioid overdose looks like and kind of talking to people in Washington State, Department of Health, King County Public Health, as well as the um, Regional Health Department of Spokane and kind of seeing where there's overlap and kind of identifying the differences in how we collect opioid data across jurisdictions and across, I guess, entities because each entity kind of has its own way of collecting that information. So that's kind of been my main focus so far. Okay. Okay. And then can you tell me a little bit more about the community health profiles you mentioned a little bit earlier? Yeah. Um, How are you kind of putting those together and what does that consist of? Yeah. So the Urban Indian Health Institute, before I got there and now we create these community health profiles, Um, one is an aggregate report that looks at an aggregated population of all of the urban health programs across the United States. So it aggregates information. So we have different publicly available data sets, the vital statistics that includes birth certificates and death certificates. So we are able to calculate mortality rates for these populations specifically. That's looking at kind of like overall mortality, looking at specific mortality rates, such as, you know, like suicide or homicide. We also Uh, With the birth certificates, are able to look at things like gestational diabetes, cesarean section rates, you know, low birth weight rates. And we kind of compile all this information into a report. In our aggregate report, we also do look at things like STDs and behavioral health. And then sociodemographics is a part of that and the population numbers, as well as like education rates, employment, unemployment rates, things like that. We also provide individual reports for each of the um, organizations, and we use the the counties that are within their service areas, and we are able to um, pull that information based on county and create reports for the individual organizations so then they have a better idea of who they are serving and maybe get a clearer picture of um, what is affecting their population. So these reports can be used for uh, to pull information for, you know, grants, funding opportunities, um, as well as program planning. And so a lot of it is like just descriptive, but um, I believe that these numbers are very important to these populations. Absolutely. Yeah, because often reports will um, exclude um, American Native Alaska Native numbers or just will be like an asterisk as just, you know, in the other category. So it's important to pull these numbers out. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's really, uh, uh, that's really great. What about the, um, the, your, your, your population there? So could you just briefly describe, you know, the tech center uh, the, where you work and the population um, or health problem that your center focuses on primarily? Yeah, so we focus on the urban Native population across the United States. Um, And I believe, as I said before, these are, you know, they are tribal members that live in a metropolitan or micropolitan area. And some, you know, may not live there full time. You know, we are a, a mobile population. So we focus on those Native populations. 
And, you know, we know that about 71% of American and Alaska Natives live in these areas. So it is a very important population, as I said, given the fact that we are often overlooked. So it is not just for the Washington state, but across the United States. Yes. Yes. Okay. Important work. Um, the community health profiles that you are generating, like you were mentioning, across the different populations. So they are, again, focused on the urban Native population, not just in a specific geographic area. Correct. So our individual reports, those will be specific to the organization that we create them for. But the aggregate report is a full look at just the areas that have a urban Indian health program or um, a different org that may be focused on um, serving urban Native populations. Okay, very interesting. Um, Just a side question, I hadn't asked you this ahead, I'm just thinking about it as we're talking. Are there comparisons that are done between the urban uh, Native population and the rural Native populations? So the work that I do doesn't specifically look at that. Our comparison group is often non-Hispanic whites, so that would be the non-Hispanic white population that lives in the same area or the same counties as the Native population that we were looking at. Great. Well, I'd like to shift slightly. Thank you so much for just so much that you're sharing. I'm really enjoying these interviews because I'm learning so much myself. I know the audience is really uh, enjoying this as well. Uh, Now, I do have a lot of students who listen to the podcast Uh, They could be current students, maybe graduates who are trying to still get into careers in public health, but, you know, they've completed their degree, but just are having trouble getting into the field. Um, What kind of advice do you have for anyone who may fit that category in terms of career, you know, trying to get into careers in public health? Yeah. Well, one thing that I think is really important is uh, like an individual like me, or I imagine a lot of other people, I have a lot of different interests or interest areas and understanding that public health is a very vast field. So, you know, not being afraid to explore these different interests until you find, you know, what you're truly passionate about or where you may, you know, like, uh, quote unquote, fit. So I think um, not being afraid to explore is one really important thing. Another important thing that I've always had an issue with is networking and um, being comfortable with approaching people in a situation and, you know, reaching out and talking to um, professionals that may already be in the field or, you know, people that you want to be colleagues with. Yeah, not being afraid to put yourself out there and learning how to how to appropriately, um, I guess, approach people and, and network properly. Great advice. Absolutely. Great advice. And I agree with you. <laughs> I, often, I often talk about the importance of networking, you know, really. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it can be very genuine, just genuinely being interested in learning about what others are doing and their career paths can be an easy way to get to know someone new in the field and develop that professional connection and relationship, which is you know the very core of networking. So definitely great advice. Well, Cresenta, thank you so much for taking the time and meeting with me and Talking about your your journey into public health and the work that you're doing, um, very interesting, important work that you're doing, and also for sharing these tips for our audience. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I'd like to thank Wyatt and Chrisandra for coming on the podcast, sharing their work and the great tips that they provided for all of you as well. I hope that you enjoyed both of their interviews as well as learning about the Urban Indian Health Institute.
If you'd like to learn more about the Tribal Epidemiology Centers or the Urban Indian Health Institute specifically, then just visit the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 141. Go to drchuntley.com and from there, click on the podcast tab from the main menu and then navigate to episode 141 and you'll find the show notes with all the links to each of the centers. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you will be among the first to hear the latest episodes as soon as they are released. You can find links to subscribe to the podcast from the homepage of my website as well, drchuntley.com, and that's D-R-C-H-H-U-N-T-L-E-Y. All right, everyone, until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.